Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 73. Hey guys. Hi there. Hey, let me just start by saying evidently I like to uh, put something in the oven before we do our <laughs> podcast. So last week it was a pumpkin pie and this week I am watching on cinnamon rolls not to make you all drool and jealous that you aren't in our house today, but uh, I will definitely have to slip out again. So if you want to call us, we can send you a cinnamon roll. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to slip out mid thing. So that's what's going on. So happy Sunday, everybody. Hope okay. you hope you doing something fun or delightful today okay. yeah something really awesome so hey i got a question for you okay what what's the deal with sin anyway oh my gosh <laughs> what's the deal with sin anyway we had a can of worms we talked about this week and gosh you know what okay so here's the first thing we notice we're grace world <laughs> so often what happens is people will go oh well you don't you don't care about sin. You don't care about holiness. That's Holy. right. That's us. <laughs> Put us in that box for sure. You must. Our book not, is called Extreme Turbo Mega Grace. After all, you must not be serious about sin. Yeah. Well, let's. We're we're going to talk about that today and all sorts of things, sinish. Because you know Ugh. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give an anecdote. I, on I this. will put a premise that this is not my favorite topic however dan has some we, we want to bring the that will hopefully bring us into not the condemnation here because i th you know what you're not going to be preachers today and start with the grim reality first right i think all sorts of churches tend to i from my experience same from my denominations or the exposure i've had i feel like i'll, I'll just go straight up and say it I see more people who are damaged by a condemning view of sin, condemnation, and a sin consciousness. And I was sitting here thinking right before, compared to those who say have gone nuts with licentiousness and not caring about sin. In fact, I was thinking about that. And of those who would say they are Christians, I know in my entire life, I was thinking, I was like, I think I know one person who felt like being a Christian really said, oh, I get to go sin and do whatever I want. And they would find ways to just go sin. Who? Who was that? Some guy. No, in, don't tell me. There's a <laughs> guy in high school. Like, I don't even know his name. It was just, I remember mm -hmm. he was, he was saying things. Okay. So this is how no ridiculous kidding. it was. Real, he was really saying good. he could re watch porn because you ready for this? Cause he, he was a, a Catholic legalist. So he found if he could get the right rules down, he could go do whatever he wanted. So I was like, well, I can look at pornography because it says not to lust after women. These are photos of women. Oh my. Therefore, it's oh my. okay for me to look at them. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> you got a lot going for you there. That's a lot of disconnection right there. So that's there. like probably, you know, there's always people that try to justify what they do or something. And, and you know what? I don't think usually that's within an honest I'm trying to have a relationship with God. I mean, there's people that are just like, I'm I'm playing church and I'm pretending stuff that maybe come up with stuff like that. But Because they're not connected to themselves. Because they're not connected to themselves. They're not listening to God. God. They're on their own plan. And so they're just trying to come up with something. So let's see what we want to talk about. So let's talk about first, you know, there's two words in the Bible, in the Greek for sin. Um, I can for, I always forget the other one, but the primary one that's used almost 
always is called hamartia or hamartia, mm-hmm. depending on how your Greek pronunciation is. And the implication there is it means to miss the mark. So I want to start with that point. It's kind of a, that just doesn't sound as condemning right off the, it sounds like you made a mistake is kind of more the emphasis there. And I know there's also another word which has to do with trespass or transgressions, which is a different emphasis. Go hit it. Yes. What's the mark? I guess to perfection, perhaps, of doing everything right. So to sin is, is perfection. Ha- perfection can be used in a different word. As It could be righteousness, which is everything right, or it could mm-hmm. be wholeness. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. That sounds like something Perfection, you talked about this morning. Perfection, mature and complete yeah. in James. So, okay, so we've talked a bit, I think, in some areas around this of, I guess the first thing I want to do is go right to the, the holiness, the condemnation, all this kind of stuff. Because I think too often, as I was growing up, much of what we're presented is if you sin you now become out of fellowship with God. He doesn't hear your prayers and you have this great separation between you and God and God is now kind of miffed at you or maybe depending on the sin, he's downright ticked off at you. Mm -hmm. And that's... It will bring you punishment. And you will get punished for those sins. And the answer to that is that's really not a biblical approach because I'll put it this way first. So let's... Let's talk about the separation part. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. We cannot be separated from God. You can look at Romans 8. It talks about, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, can I be And God off? is love. So and that God means nothing love. can separate us from God. Right. Now, does that mean C. I can be off doing my own dumb stuff and, you know. Alienated in my own mind. Alienated in your own mind. Absolutely. Does that mean if I do dumb stuff that some bad things might happen as a result of my bad choices? Absolutely, you can. A plus B equals C. Yeah, you know, if you... Sometimes. If you poke the bear out somewhere, you the bear might bite back. If you do dumb things out in the world, you know, what do they say? There's that saying, uh, it's uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, is <laughs> kind of kind of how it works. But... The thing we miss is God is always there with us, even in our failures, our mistakes, our missing the mark. He's with us. And why is that? Because fundamentally, we're rooted in a relationship with the living God who desires to partake of our lives, to have us be part of him, to be part of what we do to delight in one another and enjoy a relationship. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to again be oh. a little nitpicky. Okay, you, hit it. To be part of us. Mhm. Uh I'm going to say he's whole of us. He'll be us being part of him and him being part of us. Okay, you'll have to explain it further. Uh, Give us some more geometrical or I don't have terms. I don't have a part of my life that's spiritual and then this other part of my life that isn't. Okay, yeah, I'll say that. You're sure. I'll agree there. I, we're not just with God. We are in God. We are connected. We are whole. Mm-hmm. We are made we, whole. God in is him. holy in us and we are holy in God. Okay. So hard to understand. I don't grasp it myself very well. That's an but exercise I'd like to left use those. Re- well, I'd like tonight. to use those words yeah. instead of part, just to okay. help my own sure. 
imagery right. in my own mind. So what you're saying is. So what, what, what happens is, I guess I'll call it that in that. I don't even want to call it traditional because it's not traditional. It's modern legalism to some degree. Oh, it's not just modern, but keep it's going. It's long-term legalism. Mm-hmm. In that view, it's uh, there's always this tension between me and God, and I'm bouncing in and out of God's matter. He's unhappy with me and whatever, as opposed to God saying, as a loving father who's participating, saying, yeah, that wasn't so good. Let's do something different. Let's. I, I'm advising you, and I will continue to be with us, and let's keep going. Now, let's talk about some issues in our sin. Now, does that mean sin, is, and this is an important thing, but we often get knocked as a grace teachers as they assume if... We don't actually often we get don't. knocked. <laughs> Nobody's well, ever knocked us for being a grace teacher. One part, one situation has happened where we got knocked for being grace teachers. So anyways, we're not going to... I'm just saying... I've heard them... Anyways. A lot of grace teachers... Yeah. So... Is that you don't care about sin. And I think the answer is no, actually we think sin is significant. And, and I have this, this idea, I call it the, the sin paradox where we need to be both simultaneously say sin doesn't matter and it's not important. And sin is extremely important and we need to be really conscious of sin. And it's like, okay, how do I, how do I simultaneously do both of those? And the answer is is your head explodes. That's how. No, it's that recognition of we're not saying, oh, just go sin. It's no big deal and it doesn't matter. It's like, no, sin can be extremely destructive to your life. The things that we do, even if it's, oh, I lied a little or I cheated a little or something like that, those add up and they change who you are. And then we have big sins like, you know, oh, I committed a felony and I might go to prison. It's like, yeah, there's some consequences to that. So. Sin can have a huge cost, but the thing that we want to avoid. Mm, wait, 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 wait. Sin can have a huge cost. It always has a cost. Uh, right there. Mm-hmm. And who's the cost to? Uh, first of all, to you. Exactly. Yeah. The and I cost suppose it impacts God as you. well. But yeah, you're the one God that's God is the... the stable one. Right. It does not. It doesn't mess him up. Affect him. Per- right. It affects how I interact with him be- right. if I have a wrong view of God. Right. And that's a key one there. So we say that God, you know, the, let's call it the legalistic view says, if I sin, God's mad at me and we're separated. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, but when I'm sinning, it is likely that I'm not listening to God. So, or I'm. I become deaf to his voice. And the more I do that, the less I'm really in a listening real relationship from my perspective, because I'm just not paying attention. And that makes it hard to have a real relationship. And, is, and, and does God's voice sound like, hello, hello, you're going to, you're, you're wrong. You're bad. You need to repent. Is that, that's probably not maybe the some people hear God that way. I'm sorry if that is how yeah, you and hear once God. Once in a while, I think God, I think yeah. I think God's saying, <clears throat> "Hey, hey, hey, hey! This is going to cost you something. Yeah, that you may not want to give." Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of the proverbial deal with the devil. You know, when we go to do stuff, people think I can make this deal with the devil. It's like I'll guarantee you, he's going to come out with more than with you something. get. Something yeah, that you didn't want to give him. Right. And you're going to, the cost is going to be 
way higher than you think you're paying on that. Mm-hmm. And so what God's doing is he's lovingly wooing you. I mean, that's the little sm- still small voice. Sometimes God's yelling like, no, don't do this. It's going to hurt. It's going to leave a mark when you do this. Now, does God leave us after it leaves a mark? No. He's there to say, all right, I'm with you. If you end up doing a felony and going to prison, does God leave you? No. You might spend some years in prison, but he's going to be with you. Okay, most of our listeners are most not committing felons, so bring it home, bring it home, babe. So all you felons out there, we still love you. I mean, maybe there are some. There might be some. Bring it home. Okay. Where have you sinned this week? Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I have. No. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm on the Dan Moeller plan. <laughs> you know what? Most of, I think, that happens of anymore uh the predominance what i call would be missing the mark and sinning is just attitudes and grumpiness and relational things where you get frustrated with people i think those are some of the big for me and so what did it cost you um probably not growing in some of those relationships and a lot of them is just you stay where you are and I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but you don't grow sometimes when you make choices that are Can I use other, some other words for grow? You may. I like the word grow, but I also feel like it's getting overused, especially by us. Um, expand. Flourish. Flourish. Bloom. Um, open. Okay. I receive all your synonyms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just trying to help. Yeah. The the idea is that your I, life some of your th- is thoughts here. You're we're blasting becoming, through thoughts again, so right. I'm trying to slow some things down here a little bit because it's the point. Yeah, because sometimes we think our them. life is. I just want. I mean, I know for me actually, sometimes Freedom. I just want to be comfortable, left alone, and do my thing. But then the question is, is well, what is your thing, and what does that look like if Nothing changes if you are not flourishing, blooming, growing, and what's the cost? Yeah, the cost is you'll probably be bored and uninterested (laughs) after a while Mm -hmm. because there does seem to be an appeal and a comfort to that Mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. But ultimately... Which can be confused with rest. Right. And rest is a different thing. Ooh, there's a great one, right? So many things like that. Yeah, rest is not... I'm just got my hands in my ears and not thinking about anything yeah. and not changing. Rest is different. Rest is actually very. It's part of the rhythm. I don't want to say active, but it is very pr- intentional, purposeful, part of the rhythm. I like that. It's a pro. It's a cog in the wheel of yeah. wholeness. That isn't a stuckness. Right. That's the good a, word. It's a. I'm bringing my brain and my mind and my heart and my body into a stillness to be very awake and alive to who I am. Yeah. But, but we're stopping all of the interaction that's happening or the stimulation right. or whatever. As so if my rest to, is taking months and years and I'm nothing is changing and I'm the same person and I'm not being revived in my rest or becoming restful, it might not be rest. It might be I'm stuck. Well, 
maybe. I, I, yes, and, and, and putting some time to it may be helpful. I find putting time to it actually sometimes isn't helpful because it puts me again in a place of not listening to my heart mm-hmm. or listening to my body. When I really do rest, okay, here's a good example. Um, last night, you and I both got some really great sleep. For the past couple of nights, we've been playing sleep tag where I'll wake up and then that wakes Dan up and then I go to sleep and then he's awake and then he'll wake me up tag, and then he'll it. go to sleep. And then I, okay, so last night that didn't mm-hmm. happen. And we both slept long and hard. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up this morning, I didn't feel like staying in bed. I mm-hmm. felt like getting up. That's how I feel like if we let our cycle, if we let our rhythm cycle, get real rest yeah you'll be ready to go your body's gonna be like all right i got what i needed whether it's sleep or whether it's a different kind of rest i got what i needed i'm ready for the next thing Mm -hmm. so that's why i say like putting a time to it there's good reason to have habits like sabbath every seventh day and that kind of thing i'm not saying that but i'm saying there's a rhythm to your body to know mm-hmm. when it needs rest and when it's ready to be. And maybe I'm resting and I have a little spurt of energy and I go and do something, but then I need to rest some more. That's yeah. good too. It's not, it doesn't have to be these big yeah. chunks of time. Okay. So back to what you were saying, growth. I waylaid all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. if I'm not doing anything, then I'm not really growing yeah. or expanding or, synonym, or yeah. whatever. And I lost your point. <laughs> so did I. I'm, I'm so lost of where that was. <laughs> Something back Sorry. on not. No, I think. Oh, you were asking about my sin of the week, and I'm saying I. Oh. And we got into tendencies, and I said my tendency is probably to coast. Got would it. be most likely. Got it. And so I think sometimes being, oh, figuring out relationships, dealing with people, whether it be at work or other places. I mean. I don't know. It's, you get different things in your life of stuff you're dealing with or places you're bumping into people. So a lot of those are just relational. How are you handling relationships? And I guess a lot of that to me is am I, I guess a lot of the health comes when it's like, am I talking to Jesus or God about people? what's going on with this person and what's, what do these people need and that kind of stuff. And it puts my brain in a different mode of now I'm having a positive thoughts about how can I bless other people? Now, Ooh, now that I'm saying that that runs us down to another issue with, we talked about this morning, which is under the legalism, we can take the same exact thing, which is, Oh, how do I care for other people, minister, whatever and have it become a burden mm-hmm. to where it's like my life is based on making sure other people are all taken care of to a point of I suffer myself. There's a cost. There's a cost. And there's a point where that becomes an unhealthy. Okay. So there's a part where it's like, okay, once in a while, God says, throw yourself on a grenade. You know, I mean, we say that figuratively. Go and die on a cross. Yeah. But it's not like every every day for everything, all the time, you should always be the guy that loses and you should always give in to the other person always. That's that's not really living in health. That's being, oh, I'm just, I have no worth. Okay, so this is where, so we want to, this is why we want to talk about a lot of these things because if we don't talk about the different alternatives, what's erroneous 
And it's not that we just like to knock something. It's like if you don't identify errors, sometimes those errors have a way of creeping up. So if we say, oh, you should be loving and care about other people and have be conscious of them, what errors do we make? Uh, everybody's better than me and more valuable than me. I need to throw myself on the grenade all the time. I need to always be the one who suffers and everybody's life is more valuable than oh, mine. Or if you're like me, you, you lose even your own sense of self and what it is you need or desire at a conscious level. Unconsciously, there's some still some hints there, but you you put yourself in other people's shoes to the point of losing your own self and your own uh, consciousness. Quite honestly, it's the best way for me to say that. And so mm -hmm. you that's so dishonoring to your right. own self and you can't give anything to somebody else if you aren't what you're giving is fake it's not a real it's not substantive well you if i guess you know what i'm saying yeah, like right. I, I think it's the more you get drained and i'm going to say it this way the more you get drained and become a empty person whose only job is to help other people the less you have to actually give anyways. So what you are giving. Um, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, that thing right there is fit, whatever you think you're giving probably doesn't have much substance to it. If yeah. any, it's like a vapor. Right. It has the, the appearance of something, it's but symbolic it doesn't at some point. It, it doesn't have real worth yeah. that lasts, you know, for, for, you know, for real that sinks in and really lasts. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about having healthy relationships with other people then, so this is where, uh, yeah, this is some of the perversions of the word sin. Well, if I think of myself, that's sinful. Well, no, there's a point to where I can become selfish that I'm always preferring me. But if I'm listening to God, listening to what's going on, listening to the situation, sometimes God says, hey, the answer is no to that person. Or you need to pick your own desires and hearts. They're just as valuable or more than that other person's in this situation. Or they need They're to hear what you really have to say. Right. So if you're just agreeing with them, that's probably not bringing them in for whatever, you know, say it's a certain situation. You have right. something that you can offer. You have something to, uh, in your own perspective of things, they need to hear your perspective of things. Right. So if you're not giving them the realness of you, the per, the the piece of you that, mm -hmm. or the wholeness of you, that is truth, and is love, and is uh, has substance, is solid. Mm -hmm. You're not helping them, really. Right. You really aren't helping them. You know, David has a verse where he says, I will give nothing to the Lord that doesn't cost me. That can be really weirdly perverted to where it, well, of course it is. Everything, all the verses can get weirdly perverted. Mm -hmm. But we often think of it as like, I, whatever I do for Jesus, I have to make sure it's really expensive or it really costs me a lot. And it's like, no, I think there's a point where if I give from my heart to somebody else, I have to have something of value to give. And if I'm not a whole person who's recognizing who I am, then me just giving all the time, as we just said, is not giving something of value. And right. we just come up with these perverse uh, ways to force the interpretation of verses. So sin does not mean 
I pick me this time or I have an idea and I'm not going to, you know, we often think of, well, I have an idea and I just have to submit to others because that's loving if I just let others have their way. And it's like, well, maybe I have something of value and we have to recognize we have something of value. Otherwise. Right. I totally agree with you, but I'm not making the connection with that to do with sin. So in other words, first of all, if I have something of value, if I say I am a value, then first of all, I have something to bring. So it might be a value to give it. But it also means if I'm willing to sacrifice that because I want to let, because I'm led by God, not because I'm uh, dysfunctional, and I say I'm going to let that other person have their way, I'm actually giving up something of value, which is the thing I had that was value, is being given up. So it is a sacrifice that has a cost, but it's appropriate because I was led. If I'm just throwing it away, then I lose that value. The value just disappears. Yes, I agree with all of that. What does that have to do with sin? So I think what happens is we can get into that mode, well, legalistically, where sin is you always have to be the selfless one who gives up. Okay. And it's just draining. I like, think that just drains. I still don't have the connection for sin, but I, uh, this little thing came has been in my head since we started talking. When okay. I was, I remember in Sunday school, uh, learning that the meaning of joy is J Jesus O others Y U G. That's the order you should live your life: Jesus, others, and you. Right. Wow! How terrible. <laughs> well, it's one of those where it's because, not an awful thing, but it's but so that's quickly where perverse. you start yeah. to get into that. Yeah. I'm not important. I don't have anything to offer. I right. don't have anything of value. Oh, Jesus only values the others. He doesn't value me. Right. That's how I took it anyway. Yeah. And I hey, think can we pause you, for a second? You can. Or you can keep talking if you want, or you can pause. I'll be right back. All right. And the buns are in the oven. <laughs> so, okay. Literally. Not figuratively. (laughs) Okay. So we were talking about, uh, still we're having a hard time making a connection between what you're doing and sin. So what is sin in relation to what we've been talking about? What what mark are we missing when Mm -hmm. we are not listening to God, listening to ourselves, listening to the thing that brings wholeness in any given situation? Hmm. That's a good one, because I think we have weird standards on some of that in our Western, somewhat modern Christian, probably just in the legalistic church, which is... Or not even in the legalistic church. Well, it is that that whole idea that we have the false ideas, like, I am not valued, Mm -hmm. essentially. I mean, we have a weird dichotomy where it's, to be honest, it's, it's wrong, which is, oh, I'm nothing without Christ. But then it's kind of what we focus on is I'm just nothing. And so therefore it's all about other people. Well, then they're all nothing too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you really want to follow that Mm -hmm. and the same, like in the same, you're going to say that Jesus, others and you, well, you're the others for some other person. So there's a point where you have to have a healthy, right, appropriate understanding of who you are in your relationships to others. You know, we went through a book years ago, or I, I think you did more than I, I don't know if I read the whole book, but boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. you first learn about 
boundaries because you know first it's always the i'm a christian i have to throw myself in a grenade i have toxic people in my life well i love jesus and so i can handle all the terrible toxic people and then you realize you know what it's time to put up some boundaries for some people we need to not have them in our life well that seems like oh i'm not loving others enough and it's like you know what it's not love to just be abused by people over and over i mean jesus go look at his example uh, we often think, oh, Jesus always let everybody do whatever. It's like, no, he didn't. He had times multiple. <laughs> he removed himself out of the situation multiple times. times. Yeah, people tried to kill him. It's like, nope, not today, Satan. Right. And he had people demanding his time, and he's like, nope, I need some time for myself because yeah. if I don't have time for myself, then I don't have time for you. Yeah. What have... did Jesus really do up there on that mountain? He or in the garden? He, well. Uh, yeah actually my my therapist is helping he was me. watching tv and checked out <laughs> right? netflix we were talking about this actually this week and uh she said you know it says in the bible that he went to pray mm-hmm. but what did that prayer look like right it I, in my mind it's always oh god you know la 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 help me with this or i don't i need your strength or whatever but what if prayer was more what if there was some a lot more contemplative part of it which just means there was um time for him to process and think about because he was a human right he had he was in the humanness of the situation and he needed the chance and the opportunity to connect with these things these people and the things that were going on he was contemplating and meditating and i don't think he was always in intercession i think when we think prayer we think intercession but i think prayer can have so much more to it and he was away he was away from the people to be by himself with god right and be completely encapsulated aware of him and his situation and be connecting with himself and and God, you know, right. those two, those terms are kind of wicked for me right now, himself or God, both. I mean, it was, it mm-hmm. was very unified and very whole. Yeah. And he stratified his time because he had time with the people. Mm-hmm. He had time with the 12 where a lot of that was kind of a mix of being with the people, but it was sort of a teaching, leading, growing, mm-hmm. somewhat personal friend relationship. Then he had time with the three and those were usually kind of more. I think personal friendship times a lot, probably some deeper teaching, but also just I need to have friends and I need to hang out and I need to do some stuff. And then he had time with John where John was probably his closest friend and he would spend time with him and probably talk through some deep interpersonal stuff. Wow. Think about that for a second. I've never made the connection. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, With the way John's, books and Paul's mm-hmm. too to an extent because Paul is, had a similar situation if Jesus was that close to John John's revelations show that yeah you don't get and then we did this and then we did this in John's in John's books both his gospel and the revelation you get in the first second third John two his epistles mm-hmm. you get the deep stuff yeah the mystics right uh, symbolism the the understanding of things beyond the surface. I never realized 
That's probably mm. because he was the one that was closest was to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So oh, wait, I got to think about okay. that for a second. Okay. So what's the ramifications for us? If we, mm. if we have intention what and are spending time right with Jesus, so. we're going to get some of that deeper stuff, mm-hmm. that revelation, that... I'm not just going from event to event or relationship to relationship or I'm not on a timeline. I'm in a deeper place with him where I'm understanding things beyond Mm -hmm. what I just see here, feel, sense. Yeah. And this is another interesting revelation about God is he doesn't just want to be God in the sense of, oh, I'm God and I'm far away. It's. I want to hang out with you and not just, you know, we use the word relational a lot of the time and we even throw out the intimacy stuff, but it's like, not it, throw it out. When, when we I mean, use, we use it, we yeah. use it. We toss that about a Got lot, it. Yeah. but it's a, I have actual real depth I know you. that I'm going to share with you and give you revelation mm-hmm. because if you are intimate with me, you will actually see something different of the whole universe because you're seeing God. You will see more mm-hmm. and it will be revealed to you. There's actually th- two or three people in the Bible th- who, um, actually it's an interesting thing. There's about two or three people of whom if you read their Bible, who are of, that they spend significant time with on the Bible. You know, if it mentions their name once, that don't count. But people that have significant biographies in the Bible, there's only about two that nothing negative is ever said about them or recorded about them. And that would be um, Enoch, who walked mm-hmm. with God. And did not experience physical death. Yep. And Daniel and John. And all of them had the big revelations. Mm. What's Enoch's revelation? He wrote the book of, well, theoretically, he wrote the book of Enoch and had all these prophecies. (laughs) Now, they're extra biblical, but they're generally regarded well. So, um, actually, they are in the the Catholic. They're in the, yeah. So, they're in Apocrypha. Apocrypha. Mm -hmm. Fun fact for all of us Christians that are Protestants that are very anti-Apocrypha, the Protestant church actually used the Apocrypha until the 1800s. So, so fun, fun fact there. Nice little um, controversial, your controversial tidbit for the day. My, yes. Info okay, thing. Where, what are we talking about? Somewhere sin. on sin, Did, blah, does, blah, does blah. Does that mean Enoch and Daniel and John never sinned? No, but it means that they spent a focus and an in. So here's the point of sin. Sin is what keeps us away of intimacy with the living God. In our own minds. In our own minds. In mind. our own minds. God's in there our own going, minds. hey, I want, God's saying, yes. I got stuff to share with you. I want to talk to you. And we're like, I, I, I can't hear you. Can't hear I you. I think you don't like the way I think about this, so I'm not going to talk to you about it. Right. I think that you don't like the way I'm behaving about this, so I'm going to pretend like you don't see what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, and so let's talk about because, you know, what happens, I mean, this is the way I was raised to is, Okay, you go sin. So what's the consequence? Oh, I have to go through this process of repentance, which is really a misnomer because first of all, it's a terrible, terrible word in English based on Latin, blah, blah. It's really just saying, change your mind. 
clearing this. So God will correct. He'll say, hey, that wasn't it. You missed the mark. Let's try this. Because it cost you something. It cost you something. So God's not going, hey, it cost me something. He's like, hey, that cost you something. Right. And And can I say, can I jump in? I'm jumping in all over the place. I am. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I realize I probably should have let you finish your talk, your statement. The, The repentance, the changing your mind, as soon as you think, huh, I don't think I liked what what that thought was. <clears throat> that was repentance. It was. That was it. Right. If you feel like you need to go and make amends with somebody because you that's offended them, that's different. But that's not repentance. Repentance is not. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, this right. is my this is my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. To to apologize to God. Maybe that does something for people in their minds, but I would I would encourage a person if I was having a one-on-one conversation with them and they felt like they needed to apologize to God, I would encourage them to dig deeper about what an apology does for them in their psyche and what perhaps is a um What's the recalibrating? There of might your be hunters? something there <clears throat> that really has nothing to do with you being sorry, but more has to do with shame, shame, guilt, and, and condemnation, condemnation. That is not that God. is triggering you feeling this. I, I can't think of the word. It's not repentance, spirit, but feeling unworthy. No, the opposite. Like after you repent, now you feel better. Oh, what what is that called? Uh, that's a. Uh, 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 Shoot, it's the word that has to do with bathing and being clean. Cathartic. Yes. It's cathartic. Like, I'm not saying that that isn't purposeful, but maybe at some points you need to take a little magnifying glass and say, why do I feel like I need the catharsis? What is my view of God that makes me think I need the catharsis to get back to right thinking with God? You're right. So, yeah, because I'll give you, a, this is an example. I can't remember what the sin was. or so. I remember I did something really bad once or dumb. And to be honest, the whole revelation that I had from God was of repentance in that sense was just going, wow, that was really dumb. That was really a mistake. And just going, God, wow, that was, that was not it. Mm. <laughs> and going, okay. Let's not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's now, does that mean that's always how you should say things? There's times where, you know what? Yeah, probably do need to. Well, you may need to process the fact that you feel bad that you, cause you know what? Some things are an embarrassment to you mm-hmm. when you do a stupid thing that you know, you shouldn't have done. It's kind of embarrassing to you to recognize how can I be so dumb to have done that again? And that's something I think you kind of hinted at it, which is, you may need to work through that, but it's not that you have to feel sorry to get back in the relationship with God. You might need to say, God, what's going in then on that I'm falling into this pattern? Mm-hmm. Where do and I you need, need to healing? show me where I need to be whole, break the pattern and mm-hmm. so I can be whole or not keep messing up like this. Mm-hmm. That's what God wants to bring us through is how do I break these patterns that are causing damage to me. That's God's interest. Mm-hmm. How do we become whole? And it involves us 
knowing our destiny. What? How does God view us? God says, I see you as the redeemed, wonderful person. That's the vision I have for you. Look, he sees us whole. Yeah. That's... He sees the broken places and the redeemed. Right. The, the redemption that can come in that. But to say that he only sees the redeemed places, I think, is a little false there. He sees the brokenness. Yeah, but he's he recognizes us for the goodness, too. I mean, it's one of those where it's he doesn't look at us as, oh, you're a broken, messed up. It's let's, there's hope in that. There's the lens. I think the lens of hope that he wears, even when we are broken even when we are disconnected so disconnected in our minds from him from ourselves from the understanding of how things should be going there is a the the lens of redemption and hope is his view in my in my experience and understanding of god so let's wrap this up a little bit and just kind of talk because i think this really is the place we want to get to which is to say the whole point, uh, we can take sin and it takes a life of its own in our focus. And the more we focus on sin, the less we're focusing on what? God and our relationship and where we're going and the who we really are. So sin becomes a grotesquely magnified thing when we focus on it. It takes up this whole life of its own and then now we start to dwell on it well if i'm dwelling on sin i can't dwell on god i can't dwell on where he wants me to go i can't dwell on my relationship i'm too busy focusing on sin does that i can't just uh, again just to bring it into it also Mm -hmm. a little more personal i'm not just focusing on god i'm focusing on me and my responses to things like how is my body responding in this moment? How is my heart responding in this moment to whatever the situation, the hard situation or the choice situation mm-hmm. that I'm in? Right now I'm learning a lot about how to listen to my body to help me make a choice, make a decision. If my body is tired, mm-hmm. I experienced something this week or somebody said something to me and it, it was offensive. But I didn't register it. I didn't think, oh, this is offensive. But immediately my body got, my body got tired. Mm. And I went, at first I was like, oh boy, I guess I need some coffee. And then <clears throat> I let myself for 10 seconds go, why am I tired? And I realized, oh, it's connected to this offensive. It was a very small offense. Yeah. But it, it was connected to that offense and me, my body trying to shut me down and say we're not we don't want to be here anymore because mm-hmm. that person would just said something that was offensive and i'm going to put you to sleep <laughs> basically my body was like i'm going to put you to sleep here because we don't want to be in this situation anymore so what i did then was go oh i acknowledge and all the while i am still in conversation with this person so this is all going on i call this by the way fainting goat syndrome yeah, kind of yeah <laughs> i i um Kept, you know, in uh, to it, I acknowledged in this situation. I said mm. to me, that was offensive, and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And I am, uh, uh, I don't take that in. Yeah. I don't receive that, and have to respond to that anymore. And thank you, body, for giving me that heads up that something happened, 
And now I just have dealt with it mm-hmm. and I forgive that person and I don't have to let that continue, that pattern continue. If it does, I can address it at some point. I'm not going to address it right this second, but at some point, if I need to, I'll address it. And within about 10 minutes, I perked back up. There you go. Without coffee. I mean, I, I was drinking coffee actually at the time, but anyway, I, was, I wasn't trying to rely on the stimulation of the coffee to get me right. to, uh, to be okay. Like mm-hmm. there was an okayness at that point. Maybe that's why we need coffee breaks in the <laughs> afternoon. By the time we've gone through the whole day or even in the morning, yeah. you need something to kind of stimulate your body because we've taken so many things. Mm-hmm. So many things have happened, especially if you're yeah. at work or whatever, where little offenses are trying to come in. Little accusations are trying to come in. Things are coming and we're and our body's like, hey, we got to sit down for a minute or have some yeah. coffee or something because we have taken a lot in here and we need to process all those things that are, are coming in or trying to come in and distract us mm-hmm. from what God is saying to us and how we should be responding to certain things, especially if you're an Enneagram nine. Those darn nines, they just throw themselves on grenades all the time. They just, are we, I am just very disconnected to myself sometimes. <laughs> so, <sighs> well, let's see. Did we hit all those good topics that we were talking about? I don't know. We I talked. Don't either. We talked about sin and that it affects you. It costs you something. Yeah. And, so and the goal is not it, to... Yeah try to say we can't have sin we can't have sin bad sin bad sin repent of your sin we're saying what is it costing you and maybe it's not costing you time in jail maybe it's costing you the little foxes are spoiling Mm -hmm. the vineyard maybe it's costing you freedom in your head or freedom in your heart or costing you letting your body tell you what's going on Mm -hmm. those things are costing you freedom wholeness, mm-hmm. real joy, giving a sacrificially of yourself because you can, not because it's something that you feel like you have to do. What is sin doing? What are the patterns of sin doing to you mm-hmm. that are keeping you from wholeness, from freedom? Yeah. And so that's what I want to bring you is freedom. So I hope we've identified some stuff here and kind of helped you on this path to say, let's get away from the guilt and shame, understand the reality of who we are, recognize our sensitivities in our body and our mind and what God has given us in that, and uh, walk in health and life. And it means don't throw yourself on a grenade just because you're obligated. Learn to love, learn to delight, and do it as... God gives you the wisdom and leading. Do things that are healthy. Live health. Yep. So, hey, let us know what you think. Oh, yeah. We would like to hear from you and how how you're walking in freedom and wholeness. Mm -hmm. We like to be encouraged. Yes. We need your uh, applause or appreciate, no, your app, whatever. The opposite. That is the opposite of what I just said. Good grief. (laughs) approval no we do not need your approval but we would we i will speak from myself i am encouraged when i hear about somebody else who is living in freedom so if you have a 
story to tell or something that's going on that you feel like is incur is, is a place where you're getting freedom and you're living and walking in wholeness. I would love to hear that. So would I. And so. So do that at podcast at grace.world or you can go ping us at any of the social media at True Grace World or you can call us at 833-85-GRACE. So, hey, it's been great going on the journey with you and we hope we're uh, encouraging you. So, yes, we'll be, see you later. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.